Join me along the broken road with the Broken Vessels podcast. Jeremiah 18.4 states, And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. This is the Broken Vessels Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Simpkins. This is a podcast where we have discussions on theological themes for the broken to bring encouragement and hope in Christ. Welcome back to another edition of of Along the Broken Road with the Broken Vessels podcast. I am uh, traveling down I-75 South right now, um, just south of Georgetown, Kentucky, on my way to Springfield, Kentucky. The time is currently 5 o'clock in the morning. The route that I have this month, we, we actually change routes month to month, but the route that I have this month, uh, I usually start at about 4 in the morning, and uh, I actually kind of prefer uh, doing the early mornings driving, and then I usually get done in the early afternoon. And uh, still gives me time in the afternoon and the evening to spend with my family, and that's just kind of the schedule that I like. Beginning next month, I'll be starting a little bit later in the day, at about 6 in the morning, but I'll still be getting my evenings free, so I'll be very happy to have that. You know, uh, we talked last time about how... You know, when I'm out here driving my truck, I used it as the metaphor for kind of traveling along this broken road as believers and how uh, things can happen that are out of your control and or sometimes uh, things can happen where, like, you hit that patch of black ice or it starts snowing real bad and you got to slow it way down or you missed something in your pre-trip or post-trip inspection uh you didn't you didn't inspect close enough you didn't see the nail in one of your tires or you didn't see that you have an air leak or something like that and then you get out here on this broken road and all of a sudden something happens um you have a blowout all of a sudden you you start leaking air out of your air tanks and and then uh, you got to pull over because uh, if you don't, it's going to do damage to the truck. And you got to call roadside assistance to come and help you and to repair the damage so that you can continue on down the broken road. Well, it's interesting. I was having a pretty decent day yesterday as far as my job is concerned. And I was just uh, driving on I-75 north. And I was just about almost to Georgetown, and I was talking to my mom on the phone, and we use, uh, by the way, we use uh, Bluetooth headsets in this uh, field, obviously hands-free all the time, but I was talking to my mom, and I'm in the middle lane. It's like a three-lane interstate. I'm in the middle lane, and it's a pretty high-traffic area, and so I'm I'm just driving along, you know, making great time. You know, I'm going to get off earlier than I typically do because everything just went smoothly and wouldn't you know it all of a sudden i feel and hear this thing that sounds like a shotgun blast boom 
And I'm like, what in the world? I was like, did somebody hit me? And I, I look in my mirrors, and and then I see it. One of my drive tires on my truck blew. And I had checked those tires earlier in the day. I had, I had gone around. I did my checks, and there was nothing that you could see that was a problem. So it was really kind of out of my control happening. Well, they have uh, something in the industry called a recap tire. And the tire that blew was one of those recap tires. And, and sometimes you'll be on the interstate, I'm sure, and you'll see like the, it looks like a piece of tire tread, real big long piece of tire tread out in the middle of the road. Well, that's where a recap has blown. And then that tread just peels right off the tire. Well, I had to scoot on over to the shoulder and, and I had to call, uh, my dispatch office and figure out what we were going to do, whether it was going to be roadside assistance or actually ended up doing, I was close enough to the, to the repair shop that I was able to actually limp my truck to the repair shop. Even though I had that blowout, I was able, I just had to go real slow, put my flashers on. I'm just telling you all this to say it really brought back to mind that metaphor that I used last week about how things can happen or things come up. It's shocking in the beginning, and you're not sure. You're just not sure why it happened or how it happened. It's out of your control. Sometimes it just happens because it happens. You know, those kinds of things happen in our lives. God is in control. He's sovereign over our lives. And... He has a plan in everything that happens. You know, the Bible says that he, he sets the steps that we will take. Our times are in his hands. Nothing happens that he is not aware of and that he is not in control of. But often as believers, we forget that. We, we have a hard time keeping his sovereignty in mind. We get myopic to a degree because we start looking at the circumstances around us and the things that we've been through and the things that we face, and it's painful. You know, it certainly was painful for me having to spend two and a half hours at the tire shop trying to get my tire fixed and, you know, dealing with uh, all of that. It could have been a lot more painful if that tire would have blown and, you know, flew off and hit somebody else or or it would have uh, maybe knocked my truck around enough that I, it would have knocked me over into the lane next to me and I could, could have possibly had an accident. You know, God was certainly protecting me, even through that circumstance. And uh, anyway, we go through those things on the broken road. And I bring all of this up because, and many of you know, uh, because I shared it on uh, in one of our Facebook groups that many of us are connected in. You all know um, from what I've shared on my podcast, you know, the, the trajectory of my life and the way God has in his grace, brought me along, even in spite of me and my sin, even in spite of others and their sin, in spite of everything. God, in his grace and in his sovereign hand and his gracious and merciful love, has continued to hold on to me through insurmountable circumstances, insurmountable pain. And I praise him for it. But again, just like... All of us sinners, at times I can get myopic and I can, I can look at circumstances or I can look at what I perceive to be injustice 
and I, I want resolution. You know, I want to feel like there can be a resolution and things can move in a, in a right and positive direction. And that, and that's our hope. And then we feel like we need to take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and try to make that happen. Well, I, I've shared on this podcast a couple of times, but, and it never went into any stark detail, but I went through a level of spiritual abuse at a church that I was a part of. It was, it was very difficult. It was really very mind-boggling to me that these church leaders can get up in the pulpit every Sunday, preach the gospel, and they do preach the gospel. They are reformed and confessional in word. And I've heard other folks share this, that there's many reformed churches that it sometimes are just as pietistic in their practice as, say, like an independent Baptist or a Southern Baptist or you name the denomination. You know, many of them are pietistic not only in practice but in doctrine. But you know what, brothers and sisters, there's some Reformed churches out there that say they are one thing, confessionally Reformed, but then they do the other in the actual practice and in the way that they treat the sheep. And it's very unfortunate. And for me, it was pretty disillusioning to go through that because, you know, here these are guys that should know better. But then I have to remember they're sinners just like I am. And many times I do remember that, but it still just breaks my heart to see it. Well, I've gone through this thing and haven't really had any contact with these people since it's been a year and a half. Well, really, actually, almost two years ago that all this stuff transpired. And not really had any contact. But at the same time, you know, things I've listened to, podcasts that I've done, good, solid people that I've talked to about the topic of spiritual abuse. And then it starts bothering you, you know, that, man, if these guys could just see the error of their ways and just repent of this sin, it doesn't mean we have to be reconciled and restored in the same sense as what we were before, but are we not all brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we not called to love one another and especially if you're a pastor or an elder and you've taken that higher accountability, that higher responsibility, and it's like if you're going to take that higher accountability and higher responsibility, well, buddy, you better do the job then. You don't have, even in your sin, you don't have the excuse that, well, we're just doing what we think is right and bow to our will, etc., now, you know, there are good men out there that are pastors and elders that are gracious and loving, and they know they make mistakes, and they admit their mistakes. Well, that right there is, in my opinion, that's the mark of an actual loving shepherd. But you have other guys. Recently, we've seen this with uh, Grace Community Church in Los Angeles. We've seen this at other churches that we've heard about. And that, that's a very heartbreaking story. And what these elders will do is they will spiritually abuse a person. And then when they're called out on it by other people, when they're held accountable, they deny it. They gaslight people. They twist scripture to justify their actions. 
And sometimes I just flat out write up lie. And then I see something like that, and I'm like, if there's anybody that's disqualified from being an elder, it's people like that. And then the other thing is, is you know, these people, they, they tend to also decide to discipline church members for, as my buddy Jeff White says, uh, uh, secondary or tertiary issues that are not biblical and spiritually abuse people in that way. And then they hold their sheep accountable, but yet when they're held accountable, uh, it's all smoke and mirrors, uh, hypocrisy and lies. And you as a congregant, you really have no recourse you know, or a former congregant. Well, I reached out to this uh, pastor, just hoping maybe, maybe by God's grace, and just share basically the hurt that I had experienced and be like, you know, and, and I know in the last couple of years they've been able to see that in the situation that they did some things that were really wrong. But the response that I got was very heartbreaking. It was... Basically, flat-out lies, misrepresentation, and then it wasn't just that, but then it was, uh, again, smoke and mirrors. It was uh, hypocrisy. It was then justifying their actions, and then at the end saying, well, we probably did make some mistakes. See, in their situation, it's just some mistakes. But then coming back and accusing me of slander, (laughs) And I find that interesting because uh, I think you guys remember in my episodes I did with Jeff White on spiritual abuse, he experienced that very same thing where they they tried to say he was being divisive and slanderous and (laughs) because he was calling them out. Man, dude, that's, that's a heartbreaking thing. These are people that you used to worship with every Sunday morning. These are people that you were in community with. But then, you know, one thing I did always hear when I was younger, even in the, in the IFB, is uh, you would hear Christians are the best at kicking each other while they're down. And that certainly is true. But I think it's even more so true a lot of times with church leadership. And it can be very disillusioning. And... I, I, I certainly was discouraged, and it, it kind of reopened a wound. But, you know, I had to really do some self-reflection myself to, and kind of process through some of that with a couple of friends that I talked to about it that really helped put things in perspective for me and kind of re- helped me get reoriented back to, hey, God is in control of this. God will hold them accountable, and you just need to just let it go and, and rest in him and trust him and not not harbor bitterness or anger or unforgiveness because that would be sin on my part. But to just to give them to God and pray for his mercy in their lives and that maybe someday down the road, it may be five years, maybe ten years, and maybe never, but maybe, just maybe, the gospel will penetrate their hearts to the point where they have the ability to see their sin and make restitution and make it right. And, you know, that's something that we all should strive for in our lives when we hurt people. When we do something, whether 
because of ignorance or even intentionally because we're just sinners and, and we get angry or we get mad and then we lash out. We have to remember that there's people out there that hurt us, but you know what? We've hurt people too. And then not only that, but the one perfect person who ever walked the face of this planet, we hurt him a lot. Now, he took all that hurt and he took all that pain and he carried it to the cross in our place and he died in our place and he rose again to new newness of life and he brought us with him. Is that not wonderful? I mean, praise God when you think about that, man. That is grace. And I have to remind myself, that's where I should be when I look at others that have hurt me. I, I don't always do it. I definitely don't do it perfectly. And it's discouraging. And, and the pain and the sorrow and the trauma is real. It is real. And I, I don't minimize that at all because I go through it. I've been very open about the fact that I go through it. I am thankful I have good, loving, gracious, godly brothers and sisters in Christ that encourage me and help me reorient. And that's what we're, that's what being part of the covenant community of Christ is about, is encouraging one another and helping one another to be reoriented to resting in Christ and looking to Christ and looking to Him, our imputed righteousness, Him, our our advocate, our intercessor, and looking to Him and His sovereignty in our lives. And remember that even in the pain, He's graciously guiding us toward that celestial city, as it says in Pilgrim's Progress. But one thing that was a mistake on my part is that I had this wound that I had allowed to scab over. It's like having a wound that gets like a scab on it, right? And it begins to heal. You know, and at times you put ointment on it to try to bring healing. Just like our wounds, we apply the gospel to those wounds. And they begin to heal. But then there's those times where we feel that scab and we just want to pick at it. Well... I had a moment of weakness, and I picked at the scab. And as a result of picking that scab, I picked it open, and I reopened the wound. And then I allowed somebody that hurt me previously to pour salt into that wound, and it stung, and it hurt. So the thing that I have to remember is don't pick at the scab. (laughs) Don't pick at the scab. Continue applying the ointment of the gospel and of God and his sovereignty, and of good theology, continue applying that ointment to that wound. And over time, it takes time, sometimes years and years and years, but it takes time for that scab to heal. And even after it does heal, there's still going to be a scar. But the gospel is that which brings healing. And that's the lesson that I've learned this week. And I wanted to share that with you. And I I also want to say this to all of you who are regular listeners to the Broken Vessels podcast and to all the wonderful, encouraging things that you said to me going through that experience. It just 
it was an encouragement to me. It was loving. It was gracious. And not only that, but the way that you shared with me how this podcast has helped you, it makes it all worth it. Everything that I went through, it makes it all worth it because I can share the hope and encouragement that I found in Christ with you to comfort those with the same comfort with which I've been comforted, as it says in Second Corinthians. And I hope that I can continue doing this and continue to bring comfort to you through the conversations that I have with other godly folks on topics that are important to us as believers. And on this uh, broken road on Tuesdays as we travel this together. And I just am very thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for the community of faith that loves the gospel and loves Christ and wants to point everyone to him and say, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And why, and why is he there? Because it is finished. And not only that, but he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding and advocating for us. Praise God. What love is this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends? What love. I want to thank you today for joining me along this broken road. And we will see you next Tuesday along the broken road. 